Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You want to know what a woman is? We're going to tell you what a woman is. Allison Williams is all woman. She's pregnant. And if she doesn't go into labor, then A-Dubs is going to be on the show at 10 o'clock. That's a woman, baby. Hey, look, if I don't go into labor, I'll be on the show. Yeah. See, women are always tougher than men. Always. Always. I didn't say always smarter. Nobody's always smarter. Like, sometimes men are smarter, sometimes women are smarter. But in terms of toughness, oh, please. Oh, please. All right, we got the January 6th trial that has everybody up in arms. And I'll be honest. I think there should be a hearing. Hey, you don't get to march into the Capitol. You don't get to do all that stuff without a hearing. I got no problem with it. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. But can we just tell the truth based on evidence, not based on hearsay? All right. So yesterday, uh, there was a, well, there was a hearing. And in that hearing some folks decided we're going to do some talking. That's right. We're going to do some talking. Let's hear some of that talking right now. We got talking. Relate to him. We got a lot of talking. We're not. You don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. That's Cassidy Hutchinson. Now, she wasn't there. She heard it from a person that heard it from a person that heard it from a person. I feel bad for her because, you know, I mean, although people, you know, she's cute, she's well-spoken, so people are going to give her the benefit of the doubt. That's what always happens. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. I have no idea. But it seems kind of BS to me that you're going to get a Senate hearing and you're going to get testimony on something like that that doesn't really come from a person that was there. And let me ask you a question. Uh, what, based on what Trump just did, I guess you shouldn't grab a Secret Service's clavicle, but what what Trump do wrong there? He said, effing, and that offend, you know, Ms. Hutchinson? <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like it did. Uh, but I don't, okay, he wanted to go to the Capitol. Oh, my God, can you believe it? He want the president wanted, you know where Jolton Joe Biden would have been? Jolton Joe Biden would have been in the basement sipping iced tea going, what was this, whiskey? 
I mean, what are you crazy? All right, let's look at some of the reaction uh, to some of Cassidy's testimony. Peter Alexander. Peter Alexander says a source closer to Secret Service tells me both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man uh, or uh, that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. All right, well, you got now you got to remember by me saying what I just said, which is what did Trump do wrong, that will start people being crazy. Why? Well, because when they need to, our little Libby friends decide that they are going to be uh, nonviolent, except everything they do is violent. Oh, he grabbed him. Violence. Really? Hell, I had one of the little Libbies uh, say that uh, not going in a pool with them was violence. So I, I don't know what anybody wants to say about that or doesn't want to say about that. But jaw drop, Trump lunged violently at his security detail leader, Bobby Angle, when he told me he couldn't. I'm the effing president. It's amazing how people write this. There's a lady named Carol Leoning. She's an MSNBC. Oh, she doesn't put in there that this was third person. No, it's just interesting to me. Uh, this is fascinating. Let's, do we have another uh, tweet up there from, uh, yeah, news source close to the Secret Service tells Pierre T. ABC to expect Secret Service to push back against any allegation of an assault against an agent or President Trump reaching for the steering wheel. I love how we throw assault around. I love anybody that touches anything other than Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard slapped a guy. That's not assault. I get such a kick. I do. I'm sorry. I get a kick out of the whole deal. I get a kick out of how it's assault. Now, Peter Alexander, make sure I get this right, NBC chief White House correspondent. We'll see what happens today. Uh, You know, uh, he also said today, Secret Service SPOX, Anthony Giolimi tells me that the agents in Trump's presidential SUV are available to testify under oath regarding Hutchinson's new allegations. Uh, a source close to Peter Alexander says that both men dispute Trump grabbing the steering wheel or assaulting an agent. They did not deny that Trump was irate and demanded to drive to the Capitol, of course. I mean, what are you supposed to do? What, what do you want, Joe Biden? Get me to mom's basement. Oh, wait, are you Sally? <laughs> Uh, more from Peter Alexander, Secret Service Spock's Anthony Giolimi tells me the Secret Service has communicated to DHS government, whatever that is, that any and all personnel, that any and all personnel that the January 6th committee requests are available to testify under oath responding to Hutchinson's new allegations. Now, I'm guessing now Peter Alexander is a liar and everything else, and Ms. Hutchinson is right. But it's just crap. I mean, if you're going to have a Senate hearing and you're going to make a big deal about it, how about you just have people that were there testify? Well, they already did in the background, Dan. Well, the most important word in what these folks are saying, particularly Peter Alexander in these tweets, and he quoted it, this is a quote. Um, new allegations. It's in quotes here. New allegations from Secret Service Box Anthony uh, Giulimi. Now, I understand if I get the name wrong, that'll be the part that's attacked, but this is, quote, the Secret Service has communicated to at DHSGov that any and all personnel that the January 6th committee requests are available to testify under oath responding to Hutchinson's New allegations. See, people are saying, well, you know, Bobby Angle and the rest 
already testified, well, these are new allegations. So when you have new allegations, I'll go slow for you guys that listen here in the liberal world. I'll go slow for you. When you have new allegations, they, and when you are under oath or you're in a committee, have the opportunity, at least in this case, to be discussed and debated. So good for Ms. Hutchinson. She got up there. That has to be scared. I never want to testify in front of a Senate hearing. My wife and I have talked about it all the time. I really don't want to get arrested. And I really don't ever want to have to go in front of a Senate hearing. Although as I get older, I think it both might be fun. <laughs> so it is a fascinating world that we live in. Ms. Hutchins, Ms. Hutchinson is the new star because she got up there and you can tell that she didn't like saying effing. No, that's the beauty of this show. You can say effing to me. You know, go right ahead. You can say effing to me. Now, uh, what I just got a thing from Apple News. Here, bombshell testimony. <laughs> Look, you, I've said this before, and those of you that are new to the show, you got to understand I'm a news freak. Always have been, always will be. I mean, when I was a kid, I read the Gary Post Tribune cover to cover. On Sundays, we got the Gary Post Tribune. We got the Chicago Sun-Times, and we got the Chicago Tribune, and I read it from pillar to post. And mostly why I read the Gary Post Tribune was for the sports. But also, I wanted to know where the murders were. We lived at 1620 West 54th Avenue, Merrillville, Indiana, and if any murders happened uh, in Glen Park, which was basically 35th to about 50th, 49th Street, I was scared to death because I figured they're coming to my neighborhood. We had lived on a fairly busy street, not a busy street, but a cross street. It wasn't like on a cul-de-sac or a back street in the neighborhood. We lived kind of in the main street of a neighborhood, and there was always some hijinks, including somebody firebombing my house, setting it ablaze, including a couple dudes robbing our house, including a couple dudes taking stuff. I mean, we had a lot of stuff going on there. It wasn't a bad neighborhood, but there was stuff that was happening. So I've been a news freak my entire life. And I'm fascinated by all this. I really am. And I'm saddened that there is literally uh, nowhere that I can go to on Twitter or wherever. I don't really watch the news at night, but nowhere I can go to get something that disputes it. I guess what we'll have to see is if the Bobby Engel and the rest go in front of this committee. And if they do and they dispute Miss Hutchinson's testimony, then God bless them. You know what I'm saying? God bless them. I don't know. If they don't, then, hey, look, makes Miss Hutchinson look good. But anyway, she comported herself very well. She, uh, she did a nice job, and uh, we'll see what happens. It's literally that simple. We'll see what happens. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. And I do think this, and I don't know if I'm on the right side of this, the wrong side of this, uh, and I understand that Fox News uh, does pay the salary, but I, I think there should be hearings. I don't think you should be allowed. Whether it was peaceful, whether it was let in by the cops, I don't care. I think you should have a look into what in the hell happened on January 6th. But a, a sitting president wanting to go cares. Sitting president saying, effing, oh my God. And then, of course, assault, assault. The only person that didn't assault anybody was Juwan Howard when he, when he slapped uh, Krabenhoff. He didn't assault nobody. World's full of crap. And I love it. I love everything about it. All right. Deshaun Watson, baby. Deshaun Watson hearings continue. Here's the deal with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, we are not going to know Deshaun Watson's fate, at least according to Ian Rappaport on something I watched this morning, for a couple of weeks. Now, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. 
The NFL is recommending, there's a lady, she's doing all this in Delaware. Now, Delaware is interesting. We got somebody deciding Sean Watson's fate, and then, of course, our beloved president is from the great state of Delaware, but here's the deal. So Deshaun Watson is basically trying to get his penalty reduced, at least according to Ian Rappaport. He is trying to get it not to be a year. He is trying to get it not to be an indefinite suspension, which is what the NFL is recommending. The NFL is saying, hey, look, we got to do something about this, right? What are we doing here? We got to do something, anything, and it's got to be severe. So the NFL and the NFLPA jointly appointed this this lady, Sue L. Robinson. Uh, The hearing is going to continue today. We're not going to know for another couple weeks. It probably will go on today and then tomorrow and then maybe in a week, maybe two, we'll find out who or what, in fact, the punishment is for Deshaun Watson. What Watson is trying to do is take this and make it this, a little bit what he did with the 24 accusers. He took 24 and made it. Now there's five that are involved in this particular case. So I thought, or at least a lot of us thought, hey, look, Deshaun Watson is going to, uh, we're going to know his fate yesterday. Now, I was wrong. We were all wrong. This is continuing. This is ongoing. And then after both sides plead their case, then this lady Robinson, Robinson, excuse me, will go back and decide. And again, she was appointed by both the NFL, i.e. Roger Goodell, and the NFL PA, uh, Demora Smith. So we'll see what happens. Again, the NFL wants an indefinite suspension, at least according to Rappaport and others, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I'm just giving you the sourcing. And they want a minimum year ban. Well, of course. I mean, look, any negotiation, what is Deshaun's people trying to do? They're trying to get it lessened. So we shall see what we shall see. All right. So yesterday, I had to come home. I got a, had a guy at my house. We, we got all kind of crap going on, whatever. And he's working outside. He doesn't need me to help me. I, he, he, he's got to do stuff. We got this, I don't even know, deck. And I worry about things. And so I'm like, hey, look, I need you to fix this deck. I don't need anybody falling through. I want to make sure it's okay, you know. So anyway, guy's outside working on the deck. So I come in here, and I decide, all right, I'm going to get my fat, you know what, a workout. So I get on the Peloton. I get on the Peloton and Serena Williams is playing. Now, you got to understand something. I love Serena Williams. Love her. I'm not that big on her sister, and I don't really know why. Maybe, I don't know why. I I never really got into Venus, but I really like Serena Williams. I always have. So I'm watching Serena Williams play, and she's playing. Lady name, I think it's Khan. And I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, man. She is not quite what she was, but how could she be, right? I mean, the woman is 40 years old. Again, you want to know what a woman is? Right there. Serena Williams, right there. So Serena Williams is out there, and I mean, she's battling, right? And look, I don't know whether, you know, tennis people think that she's good, bad, happy, sad, in shape, out of shape. I don't know. Serena Williams didn't hit the ball. Here's how I look at it. I'm so stupid. She didn't hit the ball as hard as she usually does. And you know me. If you know me, you know I like one thing. I like dynasties. I like greatness. And Serena Williams is great. Historically, the greatest of all time. And I'm watching here, and I'm thinking, all right, like, 
Now she's coming. So here we go. She loses. I think she lost first set, wins the second set, 6-1. Third set goes a 10-point tiebreaker. She's up four zip. Harmony Tan goes ahead and wins a 10 of the next 13 points. I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. And I'm very sad about it. Now, I Williams. Now, this is what happens, and I don't like this. You know, Serena Williams is there for one thing, winning. That's it. But, of course, ESPN and all these places, what an effort by Serena Williams. All right, I get it, but Serena Williams isn't a charity case. She's not a charity. I mean, it's nice that people say nice things. She's not a charity case. I'm looking at it right now. She's in a commercial for some, uh, some prescription drug. She's not a charity case. She's the freaking greatest women's tennis player of all time. Maybe the greatest woman's athlete of all time. She doesn't need to be told, hey, look, poor Serena. No, I guarantee you she's blanked off. I guarantee you she wants to choke an umpire. The hell? But anyway, it was fun watching Serena Williams. It's always been fun in my little world watching Serena Williams because, frankly, I think she is, well, I think she's hot as hell. <laughs> and I just like, I like somebody that hits the ball 7,000 miles an hour and just can play and is enthusiastic and hot. I'm not cute, hot, hot when they lose, pissed off when a call goes wrong way. Love it. Love watching. Hope she's back. Hope she, whatever didn't go right for her, I don't know tennis well enough, but whatever didn't go right for her, I hope she's back hitting the ball 100 miles an hour because I like watching Serena Williams. I didn't know she was on. And I got mesmerized by it, so I need more Serena Williams, period. It's always fun, you know, when somebody upsets somebody. And now I got to watch Tan, Tan, who's really good. I mean, she beat Serena Williams, playing the next round. I want to watch Serena Williams. But it was a great match. Uh, Freddie Freeman, ladies and gentlemen, this is interesting. Excel Sports, uh, Casey Close is the man's name who runs Excel Sports. Casey Close was a terrific pitcher, triple-A pitcher, pitched at Michigan. I, play, I played against him when I played baseball at Indiana. Casey Close was really good, and a really good guy and a terrific agent. Um, you know, he's not Scott Boros, but nobody is. But Casey Close has cachet because he's done a great job for his clients, and, and uh, he's a former player, so people immediately respect him. Anyway, Casey Close was in charge of Freddie Freeman's contract. Freddie Freeman was and had been the face of the Atlanta Braves, 2020 MVP. And, of course, last year uh, they go ahead and win the World Series. Well, Freddie Freeman wanted to stay. So, you know what? Um, the Braves put an offer. It was not close to what Freddie Freeman's agent, Casey Close, wanted. Casey Close went back. The Atlanta Braves went up $5 million. Not close to what Casey Close, no pun intended, and Freddie Freeman wanted. So, basically, the Braves said, wow, we're far apart. So during the negotiations, the Braves said, screw this, we're trading for Matt Olson to play first base. That ended it for Freddie Freeman coming back to the Atlanta Braves. And, and let's be honest, I mean, Matt Olson, really good, 27 years old, as opposed to Freddie Freeman at 32. So Freddie Freeman then goes signs a deal with the Dodgers, 
where because of taxes and all the things involved, he's not going to make as much money as he would have made staying with the Braves. Well, that's the money side of it. So Freddie Freeman made his peace with the Braves management. They explained their position. He understood it. So he participated basically in kind of a week-long or weekend-long celebration of Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. And Freddie Freeman, you could tell if you watched anything, Freddie Freeman, man, was upset. He was broken down. He was emotional. He wanted to be where he had always been, which was the Braves. It's not the best thing for the Dodgers, but hey, look, people are people. This is the human side of it. Freddie Freeman has confided to ex-teammates, man, this is where I wanted to end my career. This is the team that drafted me. This is the team I came up with. This is the city I love. This is the city when you're a guy like Freddie Freeman, you do a lot of great things in the city, and now he's in L.A. And nobody's going to feel sorry for Freddie Freeman, right? I mean, what the hell? The dude's making hundreds of millions of dollars. This isn't a pity party, but Freddie Freeman did say, screw it. I'm getting rid of XL. I'm getting rid of Casey Close, and I'm on my own now. And that is what folks should do. Look, if you are an honorable person, meaning you're not Hillary Clinton, you're not Joe Biden, you're not Donald Trump, you're an honorable person, all right? That's what you do. You deal honorably. You deal up front. You deal with integrity. And Freddie Freeman felt like, hey, look, this was not done in the manner with which I like to deal. And this was not done for my benefit. And frankly, I mean, let's be honest, what's an agent for? I mean, you tell me. What, what's an agent for if not to do what's best for his clients? Now, agents are like every other person. They screw things up, too. I'm sure they never, Casey Close, never thought that they would go out in the middle of negotiations and trade for another first baseman over Freddie Freeman. Are you cray-cray? Yeah, I said cray-cray. Yeah, cray-cray. Don't turn the channel off because I said cray-cray. Look, I'm not mad at you if, if you do, but I did say cray-cray. So anyway, why is this a big deal? I'm not really sure. You know, I, I don't know that it's really that big a deal, but I do know this. It, to me, shows that Freddie Freeman is a guy that I'm going to root for. That's what I'm going to do. I didn't really care about Freddie Freeman. Really. I think I saw a special on him, so I liked him. I didn't care about him. I don't really give a rat. You know what I mean, but now I do. So good for Freddie Freeman, bad for Casey Close. Casey Close will be fine. He'll get better. Excel will be fine. Embarrassing right now. But, hey, I just hope Freddie Freeman doesn't go with Boros. I hope Freddie Freeman blazes his own trail. If he goes with Boros, great. That's not a knock against Scott Boros. It's just the way I think about things. Go blaze your own trail. Speaking of blazing your own trail, the New York Knicks on draft night Moved everything around. They moved stuff around to the point where ESPN was losing their mind. Everybody losing their mind on the Knicks. Okay. Well, all accounts, if you believe all accounts, are that Leon Rose and the folks in the front office with the Knicks view this guy right here, Jalen Brunson, as a savior of sorts. Now, remember, the Knicks have had saviors. Derrick Rose wasn't necessarily a savior, but when he came over, they were hoping he might be. Obviously, Carmelo Anthony's a savior. They thought Julius Randle. Hell, Jeremy Lin was a savior for 10 minutes in New York. It's the most overrated, ridiculous place to play NBA basketball, and I'll tell you why. Number one, 
It's a pain in the ass to live there. I'll tell you, Westchester's up here where the practice facility is. Madison Square Garden's down here. You know what's in between? A couple hours of traffic on certain nights. So you're living up here. You got to get into here. Pain. Now, Chicago, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan lived up here and he got to Chicago Stadium, but it was all highway. It was legitimately all highway. You don't have to. You didn't have to go through Fifth Avenue or Broadway or all that. All you did was get off the highway right there and you go right to the stadium. He, by the, on the way in, smoke a big cigar, put a pot of coffee on, drink coffee, go whip some ass, get back in his car, give his shoes to the neighborhood kids, and back home. It ain't like that in New York. All right. Second thing are the taxes. The taxes are insane. Fun to be in New York, particularly for a guy, how old is he, 26? 25 years old? Oh, hell yeah. You want to be the Knicks player? New York City. Great. But is Jalen Brunson really that good? Really that good. You know, he played against the Warriors, had a couple good games. Had, uh, let's see, he had 31. But then in the last three games, 2015 and 10 in the clincher. Now, I think Jalen Brunson's a winner. I'd take Jalen Brunson on my team today, tomorrow, and the next day. But the great Brad Stevens said this to me. He said, Dan, in the NBA, there are about 20, maybe 15 to 20 superstars that can carry a team. The rest are role players. So if you're moving all this money around to Jalen Brunson, God bless you. Let me go through Jalen Brunson's numbers. Jalen Brunson is a good player. Jalen Brunson, again, I'm not trying to besmirch Jalen Brunson. He averaged 16 points a game this year. That's pretty good. I would have loved to have averaged 16 points a game. Jalen Brunson plays 79 games. He has not really been all that durable. 68, 79, 68, 57, and 73. That's fine. He's good enough, all right? He has increased his scoring average from nine points as a rookie, went down a little bit to eight the next year, and then 12.6 and then 16 last year. Maybe he's a 20-point-a-game scorer, but is he really the savior of a franchise? Is he really the guy that you're going to move everything around? Is he as good? Let me ask you. Is he as good as what Carmelo Anthony was when he came to the Knicks? And now you got to understand, the Knicks, they couldn't get by the Pacers when the Pacers were pretty good. They had Hibbert and they had Paul George. They had all those guys. So I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying this is what the Knicks are purported to do. The Knicks want to add Jalen Brunson to their mix with Julius Randle and others. That's great. Awesome. Go fight win. But is it really worth that? Would you really rather have Jalen Brunson than some of these young, talented guys that were in the draft? I don't know. My answer would be yes, I would rather have them. But no, and I'll get into this in a little bit, I'm not going to be an idiot and give zillions and zillions, 47 million or whatever some of these guys are getting for this guy to run my franchise. I'm not doing it. Not happening. Ain't happening. Oh, hell no. It ain't happening. No. But anyway, that's the Knicks. And I feel like this will be my one time all year talking about the Knicks. What the hell? It is in June. You will not hear summer league updates on RJ Barrett from me or anything else. You just won't. Ain't happening. And I just looked on Twitter, and our guys, Dylan and everybody, said, the media has found another topic to run into the ground. Man, is that right. Hey, I didn't turn on ESPN today, although I did, and there was tennis on, which I love. But let me ask you a question. 
Uh, is Mike McCarthy being fired again today? Is Aaron Rodgers a bad guy? Will the Cowboys win a game this year? Uh, what's LeBron up to? And is Brett Favre showing wee-wee pictures? I don't know. I don't know. But that's pretty much what we have uh, going on. So there you go. All right. Uh, when we come back, I got a couple things. I got some sack ups. Come on. Sack up, people. Like, I wanted to name the show Sack Up, and they thought that that was a little bit too risque. But I got some sack ups for you when we come back. Keep it right here. Tell your friends. Let's go. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tweet it out. Please. Dan Dockage here. Welcome back. Um, Sack Up was the name of our show when I originated it, when we were standing in the bar where Outkick 360 is a great spot. Hey, Dylan, if you can hear me, can you put in my ear the name of the bar that Outkick 360 does the show from? I love that thing. It's one of the greatest bars ever. Anyway. We're standing there, and I suggested sack up. They said, eh, we can't really do that. I'm like, all right, we won't do it then. So I have a segment. It is called Sack Up, baby. First, NBA teams, sack the hell up and take your teams back. Look, I understand that there is all kinds of things going on. I do. I understand that because of the rules, you got to spend so much money. But it's a bad look for the NBA. I'm telling you in this economy, I'm not saying, and it's no, don't tell me white guys and black guys don't like it because everybody talked to me yesterday about what in the hell is going on with the NBA and these monster deals. And it's not sack up. It's what the hell Wednesday. So I screwed it up, Dylan. Uh Uh-oh, wait a second, Dylan. Sack up comes later. Hold on. What the hell Wednesday? Even better. That's why live TV is the best. All right, Dylan, what the hell Wednesday in Milwaukee. Can you believe this? In Milwaukee. The police are going to give you 50 bucks if your car gets stolen. What? They're going to drop 50 large on you. If somebody says, hey, look, uh, I walk into the police station and say, hey, uh, my car got stolen. Do what now? Uh, Say what? Yeah, my car got stolen. So the police are going to say, hey, look, here's a $50 gift card. 
The Milwaukee Police Department and Safe Auto Group are teaming up to give a $50 gift card to people who have their cars stolen. Is that amazing? Seriously, it's really kind of fun. I've never heard of that before. I don't know if you have, Dylan, or Ryan, or any of you guys. I've never heard that before in my Aiken life. Never. Not one time. Hey, man. Uh, you got your car stolen? Yeah, here's 50 large. Oh, okay. Sounds good. You've heard of that? I've never heard of that. All right, what else we got here? Russell Westbrook gets $47 million. $47 million. Ain't my money, so I really don't care. But I am telling you, and I'll talk about this later, I'm telling you, in the NBA, man, people get turned off by that. People get turned off big time by a guy like Russell Westbrook, who I think, now again, I could be dead wrong, and I hope I am. I hope he resurrects his career. But I always thought Russell Westbrook was about one thing and one thing only, Russell Westbrook, and that's hard to win with. I'm not saying a guy shouldn't have ego. Of course you have ego. We all got ego. What are you, crazy? But, but you got to be, when you're on a team, you got to be about your team. You got to do one of these things where you go, hey, look, I want to win. And not that phony I want to win. Man, I'm all about winning. That's who I am. I'm all about that W. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then uh, why are you at the club? Why aren't you in the gym? See, that's how, I look. that's how I look at things. And I look at things wrong. I always look at things wrong. Like, if you're not busting it really hard, then I'm like, yeah, you really don't care. Yeah, don't tell me you want to win. I don't want to hear about how much you want to win. Yeah, I don't want to hear. I want to see how much you want to win. I want your ass going. Like, Miles Bridges is going to get a max deal, and he's out there going to be a rap guy, which is cool. Be a rap guy. What do I care? It don't matter to me. Everybody should be a rap guy. Hell, my stepson's a rap guy, and I hope he makes zillions because I want to stand on stage and uh, at a rap concert. That's right. But Russell Westbrook getting $47 million is offensive to me. Like, at some point, you got to be able to score. At some point, you got to be able to win. At some point, not score, you got to be able to shoot a jump shot. What do they call him, West Brick? And Westbrook's little wifey got mad. Yay, I'm mad. At, I'm mad at you, Skip Bayless. I'm so mad. Okay, well, make shots. We're in a new media here, but the new media isn't Draymond Green. The new media is guys that never played, could never play, like Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Couldn't play dead. All of a sudden, standing there criticizing NBA players like those guys could play. Hey, look, Charles and Shaq and Kenny want to criticize. I'm down with that. I'm big down with that. But Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith couldn't play basketball. Uh, what is the saying? He doesn't know if a basketball is stuffed or blown up, but yet he's sitting there criticizing NBA players. Couldn't even play it like Winston-Salem or something like that. I don't know. And Bayless, Jalen Rose took care of that act a few years ago. But anyway, I digress. We're in a new media. And Wes Brick, while probably mean-spirited, is pretty funny. And Russell Westbrook's never done what great, great players do. I say this all the time. Great, great, great players. 
get better and better and better and better and better. He hadn't done it. So I'm not giving him $47 million. This was really odd. Like, only a few of us, only a few of us that, um, I don't know, delve into the greatness of coaching have ever been rehired at a place. When I left Bowling Green in 2002, I went to West Virginia. All right? I went to West Virginia as the head coach. They were doing all kind of stupid stuff. They were men of no integrity. So I left after about eight days. Uh Uh-oh, someone's outside my house. That's weird. Anyway, they were, uh, someone's on my back porch. If there's a robbery, this would be great on TV, right? What the hell is going on here? Hey! Oh, it's just, I don't know what he's doing. Oh, it's the guy who was here yesterday. That was very weird. My wife didn't tell me the dude was coming back. Anyway, I didn't need to get, you know, shot here on <laughs> TV. Look at my dogs going nuts. Yeah. Yeah, Lula. That's why you watch this show. Live TV's the best. Yeah, there was a dude right outside the door right there. And it turns out he was a guy that was doing something at the house yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> like... Like, hey, hold on. I got to go throw hands with an intruder here. But anyway, so I get rehired at Bowling Green. Life breaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell you, Ryan and Dylan are great, man. They're great. Yeah. Life breaking. All of a sudden, right there. All right. Let me gather. I wasn't expecting that. Tomorrow people are supposed to come. I don't know. Maybe the guy saw something he liked and came back and stole it, but he was a nice guy, so what the hell? If he needed it, take it. Anyway, anyway, so Steve Clifford, who was unceremoniously fired as the coach of the Charlotte Hornets, came back. When I left Bowling Green, it was to take another job. It was to leave a $100,000 job, go make $500,000, leave the Mac, go coach in the Big East. But Steve Clifford said, no way. Uh, he got fired by Mitch Kupchak. Michael Jordan tried to hire Kenny Atkinson, assistant with Golden State. Atkins said, I don't want any part of this mess. Miles Bridges ain't good enough. LaMelo Ball is a pain in the ass. And I don't want to work for you uh, narcissist, narcissistic guys. So he got the hell out of there. Mike D'Antoni's style doesn't fit anymore because at some point, if you know anything about basketball, you got to guard somebody. The great Jimmy Jackson. Told me one time we were sitting there in a green room hanging out. We used to work together on Sundays. He's like, look, I love playing for Mike D'Antoni. He's great to play for, but you absolutely know you're not winning a championship. So anyway, this guy, Jordan, ends up with a retread, Steve Clifford. Now, you got to understand, Steve Clifford is one of the most respected guys. He's like the Gus Bradley of basketball. Gus Bradley, who's now the defensive coordinator of the Colts, is like this Zen guru guy, right, in the NFL. Except when he was a head coach and he went like two in a million. But that's all right. So Steve Clifford comes back. It wasn't what the hell. Like, there's eight bazillion guys. There is. There's eight bazillion guys out there, and Steve Clifford is what now? He's rehired? Good for him, man. Doesn't happen very often. Only the great bald guys in this world, me and him, get rehired. Billy Donovan did it, too, in Florida. So anyway, Wimbledon, listen to this story. Wimbledon tried, tried to replace a 
um, the ball boys and girls with dogs. The only problem was the dogs would not drop the ball. Now, let me explain how stupid this is. If you really want to know a what the hell, think about this. So your dog, my dog Lula, my dog Lula decides, hey, come here. I'm going to throw a ball. All right. I'm going to throw the ball. You're going to retrieve the ball. And even if, even if they decide to give me the ball without incident, the ball's all soggy and wet. I mean, you throw a ball to your dog. This happened at the Wilton Tennis Club. Dogs were tested for speed and agility. They included running up and down the court and high jumping over the net. They wanted to replace the kids with dogs. The dog's love for tennis balls proved a little too strong as they were reluctant to give the balls back. They wanted treats. So, you know, Fido wants treats. The players found themselves in a tug of war with the dogs and needed to have treats on hand. It's from the Daily Star. The trial was backed by insurance provider Many Pets who have contacted Wimbledon boss. So this Many Pets said, hey, look, we want to see if dogs can do that. It's waiting for a formal response. The company right now, is it's not out of the woods, but they're waiting for a formal response. They want to know, hey, what's going to happen? Uh, I would watch. Wimbledon's gone to the dogs. Boy, is that Jay Billis or what? Wow. I would watch. I would watch. If I'm looking here and there's a little kid right now, I got Wimbledon on, and they're all in their starter stances by the net, and one guy's underneath the judge, you know, the guy at half court there, and he's ready, man. He's going. He's what a dog. So now I think in the, let's just think this through. Dog's got to sit there quietly, not bark. And I know this can all be trained. I'm just going through it for you. Not bark at a bird or something flying over. I don't know, man. And then he's got to go get it, run it back to the player. Player's got to take this ball out of the slobbering-ass dog's hand. Um... Then pl- play with it, and that's a, this might be, now that I'm thinking about it, is there a dumber idea than the dogs being ball boys at Wimbledon? Uh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, Dockage, having you on television. I don't disagree with that. I don't have a makeup gal or guy. I don't have anybody doing this face. Nobody's doing this face. I'm out here on my own. Nine o'clock in the morning. Hell, I can't even get this. I want a I want a facelift. Now I can see something around here, or just a little bit on the head, a head squeeze. Yeah. Okay, Dockage being on TV might be a worse idea than dogs. But let's take I also am the thirteenth contraceptive. Let's take all that out and just say and ask for the sake of argument. Is this the dumbest idea you've ever heard? And don't give me that dog lover crap where everything is great because my dog is so great. 
my dog is so great. I just, I love my dog. And he can do anything. My dog can do anything. Your dog can't do squat. Your dog's a freaking dog. I got a dog. I like my dog. I don't love my dog. He's not a person. He's a dog. But my dog can't do squat. Go get a stick and bring it back. Yay, Rod, go fight, win. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Indy Star. Dockich hates dogs. I don't hate dogs. I like my dog. But dogs, ball boys or girls, whatever the hell, no. No. Zero. No. And I'm glad, Dylan, that you found this because this is the most idiotic thing ever. All right. Perfectly preserved baby mammoth that lived 30,000 years ago. Most complete baby mammoth in in North America is found. Female calf that lived 30,000 years ago in the Yukon was frozen in permafrost that kept its skin intact. Are we saying this is true? Do we believe this? I don't know. Look, I don't know. I assume we are. Let's just say that we are. I learned yesterday that the lake that I live on is on top of a city called Germantown. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, all right, what the hell is that? But I never knew that. So I'll believe anything. It's not the same as a baby mammoth. All right. However, if something lived 30,000 years ago, then, and its skin is intact, I want a little bit of that. Gimme. Seriously. Gimme. I want. Gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Why wouldn't you? we all want that? Look, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I want it all. I want steroids. I want whatever the hell is going to make me wake up and not feel bad. That's what I want. Anything other than that, I don't care. Well, it's going to make your pee-pee small. Don't care. I want to wake up and be able to walk down the stairs. So if this thing from 30,000 years ago, 30,000, still has its skin intact, Surely you can do something about this head here. What's this red thing there? What are all these sunspots? You can't do anything about putting some hair up here? I mean, what are we doing? 30,000 years and the skin's intact? Find it. Buy it. Mold it. Develop it. And help us all out for the love of all things holy. Help a brother out. Perfectly preserved. I don't know. I, I, I will listen to any, any and all things. I'll tell you another what the hell. There's a West Hollywood. Upscale West Hollywood vote three to two to defund the sheriff's department. Even his crime soars 137%. Savings will be used to fund 30 unarmed security ambassadors and a Russian arts festival. There you go. Let's all listen to Hollywood. Shall we? May we, please? Can we listen to Hollywood? There's some interesting stuff here on the Daily Mail, Dylan, as I'm going through it. It's kind of cool. All right. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Today's going to be an interesting day. All right. So you're getting ready to run in a track meet. You're minding your own business. You're on the, you're on the freaking track. You're getting ready. Stretching. Work. You know, getting the legs going, loosening up, shaking those legs. You know what I mean? You're just, you know, you're getting ready. You're getting ready, rocking and rolling, and away we go. Okay? All right. All of a sudden, some dude comes up to you and starts wailing on you. I mean, he's whooping that ass. I'm not supposed to swear. That's what happened to this guy, Winfred Hoplo. He's minding his own business. He's going to race in the French 400. He's sitting there, I don't know, preparing for his race, doing whatever he does, when an assailant came on the track, think about this, and started punching him in the face on the warm-up track. So what does this guy do, Wilfred? You know what he does? He wins a damn 400 with an eye patch. That's right. That's right. If you're having questions about what a man is, Winfred, Wilfred. I don't want to dwell on it, he said. We'll leave it to the competent people to talk about the race. We worked a lot. We redid the music, and that's it. The feelings were good. I'm glad I did this time. Physically, I'm fine. He just said, hey, look. So he took, if you look at a picture closely, uh, you can't really see it, but he took his headband, had a pet, had a thing here, put the headband down to cover his eye, so the headband went kind of diagonal, diagonal across his head. And, you know, racing with a patch and a band-aid, he finished with a personal best, 48-57. His coach, Olivier Vallée, was able to remove the attacker. A guy came out of nowhere. Asked if it was really him, Wilfred Hippo Threw himself on him. The guy was arrested. Wilfred's fine. I'm speechless, Valet said. It's a mess. Sheer aggressive. It was outrageous. There are savage methods. Yeah. So now this dude qualifies for the world championships, which begin next month. And uh, back in, I guess, 2021, were the Olympics in 21? I guess they were. He reached the Olympic semifinal, but kudos, man. Hey, look, you know, I don't know why this isn't a bigger story. Like this should be a story. I, I don't know. I haven't watched sports center today or I, I don't really watch, but you know, any day, cause I, I got Wimbledon on, but why isn't this a bigger story? This should be a massive story. This should be something where people are like, look, what are we doing? French, the French, the French, protect your runners, French. Next thing you know, we're not protecting our runners. Next thing you know, people are coming on, beating the crap out of guys, and then running away. No. No, 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 no. Nay, nay. Uh, here's a tweet. Dan just repeats whatever Clay Travis says. Yep, yeah, I do. I haven't talked to Clay in a while other than on our show, but hey, I'm in for whatever. But anyway, that's a hell of a what the hell. And by the way, kudos, Ryan. Kudos, Dylan. I like the new, it's kind of a Carolina what the hell. You know what I'm saying? It's a bit of a, it, it, it's kind of a, a look. 
We got North Carolina, kind of that powder blue North Carolina stuff. You know what I mean? I'm mad at it. I think it looks pretty damn good. I do. Uh, so there you go. How about this? Last thing before I let you go. Um, guy is out in the middle of the water. Houseboat sinks. He's got no houseboat. He's by himself. And guess what's around the water? You know what's around the water. Sharks. That's right. Sharks. So this dude lost everything. His boat abandoned him. He swam through shark-infested waters, and he made it back home, and there is a GoFundMe. Now, this guy was forced to swim 10 miles through shark-infested water after falling overboard of the boat that housed all his life possessions. John Deere is this guy's name. He legitimately, I mean, look, if I'm on a houseboat by myself, I don't want to get close to the edge because I don't want to fall over. But listen to this. It left this guy deer floating in shark-infested waters. He survived it with a 10-mile swim. His boat capsized. It sailed away from him. And everything the dude owned was on it. All right, so let's help him out, right? There's a GoFundMe for this guy. There, go to GoFundMe.com. Look up John Deere, D-E-E-R, D-E-E-R, not D-E-E-R-E, like John Deere tractors. This is like, you know, deer you shoot, when it eats all your hostas and everybody gets mad. So John Deere is an Australian, and it says the bloke swam through 10 miles. Could you swim 10 miles right now? The only answer to that is only if I had to, only if I was in shark-infested waters, and only if I'd have lost everything and I was going to die if I didn't. But I still don't think that I could. I don't think that I could. I got a little pull out back. It's seven strokes from end to end. Uh, I do it 20 times. And you'd think that I just swam the English Channel. So I don't know. I don't think that I could. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. If I'm in shark-infested water, here's another hint. Don't have all your life possessions on your boat. Keep a little something-something. If, you, if, you, if you, everything you own is on this boat or everything that, you know, you're, you live on the boat, keep a little safe deposit box at the bank. Put in the passport, a little bit of cash, maybe a couple deeds, maybe some car titles. I don't even know if you have a car. But let's not keep everything on a boat or... In fact, let's not keep everything in the house unless you got a nice safe. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying, you know, just trying to give you an opinion. So, all right, a couple of other things before I let you go. And we get Allison Williams in here. Um, I will be on Twitter later on this afternoon because I am anxious. I don't know when these hearings start up again because, frankly, you know, it's the middle of the summer and there's no shot, and it stays light here in Indy till like 10 o'clock, and I got th two of my best friends coming to play golf today, so I'm not going to be even close to a TV until like 10 o'clock, maybe 11 at night, so I'm not going to keep track of whether these guys even have a uh, January 6th 
insurrection committee meeting. But if they do, I am curious to see whether or not these guys from the uh, Secret Service do testify. And I do. I honestly do. And, you know, there are some funny things. Uh, I think we are going to do a new segment. I think we're going to do the new segment that Dylan just proposed. Is this real or is this not? A lot of people are thinking that this Hutchinson lady is really Jesse Smollett. I don't, I don't think that. I, I don't, I don't think that. So, no, I, I don't think Juicy or Jesse or whatever the hell the guy's name is, Smollett is, uh, no. No. Uh, Allison Williams, you want to know what a real woman is? Real woman is Allison Williams. Allison Williams, I assume, is not in labor, so I'm going to assume that she is going to join us. I'm going to talk to her about, obviously, the January 6th hearings. I want to talk to her about the Supreme Court, both rulings, one uh, relative to abortion, Roe v. Wade, and the other relative to the praying coach. I want to see what she thinks about that. Also, I'm going to show her a picture. We're going to, we're going to, uh, she's not on here yet. We're going to ambush her. We're going to Dan Lebitard her, right? We're going to ambush her with a picture and see what she thinks. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. For a world that can't figure out what a woman is, let me tell you what a woman is right here. Allison Williams, period. I mean, if I'm not in labor, I'll do your show. Well, I got a little bit of a hangover today, so this ought to be a wonderful show. <laughs> My question to you is, which do you think is more painful, being in labor, being hungover, or listening to the two of us go through both? <laughs> I went fishing yesterday with two friends of mine, and it was like, hey, fellas, I'm done. Like, we're sitting on a dock. It was like when you're, you know, 20 years old, they're drinking tall boys and I had like, you know, a few and I'm like, okay, I got to go in and do some homework for the show tomorrow. And uh, when are we having a baby? I wish I knew. So I am due on Saturday, but I have learned in my experience, I only have one kid, but in my experience with him, um, that means a whole lot of nothing for me because I, I, I don't induce and I don't um, go that route. So I have no idea any day now. Any day now, but I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. So trying to be patient. These things have a mind of their own, and they come when they're ready. So we're we're hanging. Barbecue chicken pizza popped Andrew Dockage right out of there. <laughs> I love how everybody has the different recipes and tricks, yeah. and I'm doing it all. Though I started acupuncture a few weeks ago. Um, apparently, there is like a spicy pizza out here that I need to go get. I may go the spicy margarita route. Um, I've, I'm scheduling some reflexology, like I, yeah, all the, all the stuff. I'll try it all the labor cookies. I appreciate that most of it has to do with things you eat, which, um, is great for a pregnant person. So whatever the trick is, shoot it my way. I'll give it a try. Probably won't work, but they do come out eventually. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're so right though. Everybody does. Everybody's got their own thing. All right. You ready? I'm going to show you a picture. All right. Okay. I'm going to show you a picture from this week, and I want your reaction as a woman that is waiting patiently to give birth. Dylan, can we put this picture up? I think, you know, I'm not, all right. What do you think of this picture? 
as a it's mother. Disturbing. Yeah, it's um, it's really disturbing. And I, I saw that. And my question is, if not yet a human, then what is it? What is growing inside your tummy that you feel daily, um, that you connect with in, in so many different levels, some that are hard to explain if you've never been pregnant? It's a it's a spiritual journey. It's a physical one. It's a difficult one, but it's a spiritual journey as well. Um, I feel I feel sad seeing that, that this woman feels that um, this life inside of her is not human and, and does not have um, a right in any capacity. And, and I respect, I try to, to respect her, but it, it, I've heard it called demonic. And I, I feel like in some ways it is, I, I feel like she's been manipulated away from what is her um, God-given privilege of growing a child. Um, into thinking that 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 child is somehow less than and not not worthy of love already. Um, I know what is inside my belly right now, which is a little bit bigger than hers, um, is human and does have um, reactions and and free movement, <laughs> sometimes painfully so. And I know I would do anything, anything within um, my ability to protect that child's life. And I know it's a life. And I think she does too. And I feel sad that we as a society have convinced her otherwise. Yeah, I agree with that. I, 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 I get it that you're trying to make a statement, right? But there's no mm -hmm. way, at least any mother that I have known at that, at any stage really, but at that particular stage, there's no way that that isn't a manipulation there, by, of, of something. Some, you know, I don't know what it is, obviously, but there's no mother ever. And she had, there's another picture with the same woman has a child right. on her arm, you know? And it's incredible to me. All right, what, you were the perfect person, obviously, to ask about that question because I think sometimes people don't understand what's real. You know, you see these things mm -hmm. and you think that's real. That's not real. That's manipulation, period. And I don't know. What, what did yeah, you think I, I, when the ruling came down last Friday? Go ahead. Yeah. First of all, back to that, I, I do think there's brainwashing there. And I think there is this sense of like, you are being righteous and, um, and be, but you're being manipulated. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know how she can in her heart truly believe that. And I'm sorry, but if someone came after her and attacked her, she would do everything within her power to protect that child because that's her instinct. So that's where I feel like the manipulation part comes in. Um, my reaction to the ruling was, wow. I mean, like I, I, I knew, obviously, I think we all did. It was looming, right, because of the leak and so forth. Um, and I tried to just take a moment and like step back and take it all in and, and see the different angles of which it was presented um, and coming from. I have been a feminist probably most of my life um, and, and was very much pro-choice and, and still in some ways very much am. Um, so it was surprising to like, cause I, I, I always felt like in our lifetime this could happen, but it's so surprising when it does, but I understood from a constitutional perspective in a way I haven't before why they ruled the way they did and the layers at, at hand here. And I think the one thing that kept getting missed is like, everybody's talking about their rights being taken away. Well, no, it, it, it's just, it's not a constitutional right. And, and it's not, it's not in our constitution. So it's returned to the state. So, so there are still states where you can have access to this. There are still ways for you to 
push your state to get access to it if it's not something you agree with. And that's kind of the way the United States was set up. Um, so it returns the power back to the states and essentially to the people. I understand like that people are upset. Um, the thing that drove me nuts, though, was was the hypocrisy. Right. I mean, like for the last year, I've essentially been told I don't have a right to decide what happens to my body. And I had a company tell me that I can't work with them because of what I want to choose for my reproductive health. And now that same company is supporting people traveling outside the state financially to make the best reproductive decisions for them. So the hypocrisy was tough, like seeing people like AOC talk about uh, bodily autonomy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, where was that a year ago? And even the hashtag, like ban off our bodies. I'm like, you literally banned my body. You have banned my body from working because I did not receive an introduction you wanted me to. So the, the hypocrisy was really frustrating. And for people to feel so empowered to like champion this and, and, and blast it out all over their social media and talk about um, how women's rights are taken away and, and, you know, bodily autonomy and all the things that I, I've been asking for that don't result, you know, in the death of, of another being, um, for the last year. And then now they come out and say these same things. I'm like, do you guys not hear your own hypocrisy? And like, how do you, how do you process that mental disconnect between these two, these two things is, is what kind of blew me away and probably pissed me off more than anything. You know, what, I, I do want to get to the hypocrisy because I think a lot of people are, and really, I mean, a lot of men are saying the same thing too. Like, you know, we're all hearing for everybody, it's my choice. And obviously, in my world, men can't get pregnant. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It seems like, you know, that was the way it was. But, and people are, men and women are equating it to, wait a second. You know, I couldn't go to work if I didn't get a shot. I, I wouldn't been been able, you know, so it wasn't a choice. There was no choice. It was either do, and you lost, you know, basically your career, at least at that company, SPN, there was no choice there. It wasn't no. like, and you, and so people understand, you tried to make it a choice with ESPN. Like you said, I'll yeah. do it from home. I'll do from here. I'll do these different things. Right. Yeah, I just think I think if you really break down these arguments on like fundamental levels, it creates a lot of mental dissonance. I mean, I just I don't understand how you can say you have a right to freely choose what you want with your body in all capacities. And then also in the same breath say, but you have to do this to do that. I mean, that's coercion, right? Like that's, that's, that's not freedom of choice. So um, to see these same people and same companies who implemented these measures, whether it was travel restrictions or dining restrictions in New York or work restrictions, um, I mean, people were fired, nurses, firefighters, police officers um, across the country because they wanted to choose a certain route for their health um, that people said wasn't their choice. And now these same people are, are up in arms um, about the Supreme Court ruling, which, again, doesn't restrict their rights. It just doesn't grant them on a federal level, uh, which is very different. So, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how you hold these two thoughts in your mind and don't think like, okay, this doesn't make sense. If a woman has a right to terminate a pregnancy, then why doesn't she also have a right to decline an injection she doesn't want? Um, it's it's got to create some sort of mental dissonance for people. But that was, that's what's been really frustrating for me and the way that like anyone who wants to speak out um, on any platform, I mean, even, you know, like in coverage on sports shows, they're talking about this and, and they're, 
there are, that's great. Like go for it. But if you want to have that conversation, um, let's just acknowledge that like what you're also representing is in direct conflict to that belief. Let me go to the other Supreme Court ruling. Here's what I've said. I'm curious your thoughts, because as you know, I am a simpleton. Uh, <laughs> we don't want this guy, Joe Kennedy, a coach, praying privately, mm. even though it is on a football field after a game. But we want drag queens in our schools. One bad, one good. If I were betting like, you know, 30 years ago when I went, or 40, God dang, it's old now. Hey, no way. It would be like, hey, let's have a guy pray as opposed to have drag queens. The, the Supreme Court said this guy can, can do that. What are your thoughts on, on that whole deal? I was shocked that this was like even being heard by the Supreme Court, like that it went that that high, because to me, this was a no brainer. I mean, he wasn't forcing anybody to join him. He wasn't um, putting his religion on any of his players. He wasn't trying to you know, favoritism towards people that joined him. This was just his expression of his freedom. And it was at the 50 yard line and so forth. Um, I, he did a great interview with Megan Kelly and I just found it fascinating. I was like, like, why is this even an issue? Um, so I was, I was not surprised that he won. And I was glad to see the Supreme court rule the, the way that they did. Um, so that to me was a huge win because we've gotten to this point where it's like, certain values and beliefs are okay being thrown and thrust in our face, but other ones aren't. And we know which way each one goes and which is acceptable, and which is not. And that that's concerning to me. And the whole, like, you think of the whole drag queen thing. So can I first of all say, like, I'm a big fan of drag shows. I think they're awesome. They're really fun. My bachelorette party, we went to one down in Key West. It was a blast. I would not be caught dead at one with a underage person like there's a reason why they're 21 and up they're sexually provocative they're inappropriate it doesn't mean drag queens are evil people that we should fear and are trying to like pollute everybody like it just is inappropriate for a child it's inappropriate at a family-friendly function and and my question is this like what is the benefit of bringing your child to a drag right. show like, like, what does your child gain? don't you think your child would rather go to the amusement park or like the children's museum, like isn't that where we're supposed to take kids for for entertainment? What do you gain from taking your child to a drag show? So that to me is like highly sexualized and inappropriate for a child. That does not mean I think drag queens are horrible, evil, polluting beings. I I, I don't believe that at all. I think they have a time and a place, and I think there are things that are adult appropriate, things that are kid appropriate and we need to be able to identify them uh appropriately so i don't think a school or a library or a something that's an 18 and under event is appropriate for that sorry like i don't i don't know why that's such a evil way to think i agree with you i said earlier uh i think it was monday on the show like i, I shocked the supreme court heard the case. People think that, you know, I'm taking this to the Supreme Court and like every case gets heard by the Supreme Court. Supreme Court is this and they funnel it down to about, you know, that, right. the cases they actually hear, right? So I was surprised by that. Uh, the other thing uh, about the whole, the whole drag queen issue, I had a guy, well, I guess it's not a drag queen issue, but I had a guy tell me this. I'm sure you've seen in Seattle, Toronto, other places. Actually, it happened here in Indy. During the Pride Parade, dudes are driving around on bicycles naked. Mm -hmm. And I asked a question. I go, all right, what's the purpose of that? 
couple people on Twitter tried to tell me it was teaching young children anatomy. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's the best way we have to do that? Isn't that what science books are for? Uh, that's when I heard, and Let me tell you. Allison, I, I said, oh, I mean, okay. Well, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think the guy took off his pants and wore a diaper or whatever and put a bunny rabbit hat on naked and said, hey, look, kids, I'm teaching you about a net. Okay, Where so you if stand we want to go that? that, I don't Okay, know. so if, if that's teaching a kid about anatomy, then maybe we should take children to strip clubs because you could learn female anatomy there. So is that an appropriate place to take a child? No, like, like, I don't understand why this is so difficult for people to realize you can celebrate your diversity. You can, you can be inclusive. You can, um, you can have your pride flags and all that stuff without the overt sexualization of children in the, in your faceness of this. Like this is like the Christina Aguilera thing. Did you see that? The giant strap on thing like that that was a that was a family friendly function and she's performing with this like that is not appropriate for a certain age group i'm sorry it's confusing and and it's gross um so if we if we really want to like i don't i just i i don't understand why because that person is trans or gay or whatever we're like yes let's throw it in our children's face no this is this is sexualization this is somewhat perverted and it's not appropriate for kids of a certain age. It never has been. Whether that person is gay, straight, or indifferent, or whatever, trans, I don't care. It's not appropriate <laughs> for young children to see this. I don't. It makes me uncomfortable seeing half this stuff. Like, can you imagine being 12 years old and having to watch it? Seven years old and having to watch it? Like, I don't. I don't care what you do in your bedroom, but like, you don't need to put it in my kid's classroom. Allison, let me ask you a broader question about that. Like, I feel like kids are under attack. I feel like in some ways, and I could be, I could be dead wrong about this. In some ways, we experiment on kids with vaccines. Now, maybe, again, I'm wrong about that. We're doing all these things uh, with kids changing their gender. Like, you can't buy a beer until you're 21, but at five years old, you're smart enough to know whether you're a boy or a girl. We're talking about bringing in drag, drag queens to children events. We're talking about... Uh, parades downtown mm -hmm. major cities with kids there where we're doing all this. I don't understand the attack on the ones that we're supposed to protect the most. I just don't get it. I no. don't. I swear, if I'm a prude, I'm a prude, but I don't get it. No, I don't either. And there's a reason why we have um, laws that prevent minors from doing things that have long-term and, and life-altering consequences. I mean, you can't get a tattoo, you know, when you're 12 without your parents' permission. Um, but yet they want them to be able to have access without telling their parents to, to life altering, you know, gender, um, changing drugs and, and puberty blockers and all that. And, and the research just isn't there for the long-term consequences of these things. And I think that's, what's really scary. Um, I, I try to, again, like come from a place of inclusion and, and realize that maybe some of these kids are really struggling, but to automatically, um, and I think it's, it's, I think you're right. It, it feels like there's an attack on children, but it feels like there is a push to disconnect the child from the family. Like there's an attack on family. There's a, an attack on parents. This notion that like teachers and counselors know better than parents um, is very disturbing. And if you read accounts of kids that have, have um, 
dealt with this and struggled with, you know, what they think is gender identity at a young age and in middle school and so forth, um, and then come out on the other end, it, it's terrifying because there is a pressure right now, it seems like, to, oh, you're upset and you're confused and, and you're unhappy. Well, maybe you're trans or maybe you're gay or maybe you're this or that. And, and there's that like whole social contagion issue. Um, and there are people that that have regrets following this. And there are long-term consequences of the medications being pushed and the therapies being pushed. Um, I don't know that it is in the best interest of these children uh, to, to, to deny that they are um, not fully capable of, of rationalizing like the gravity of what they're saying and their choices. It, 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 it's just so sad to me right now what's going on. And I really think it's time for parents. I mean, they got to start fighting for their kids. You've got vaccine consent laws that are changing, and I think they won the case in D.C., uh, but, you know, they're trying to change them in, in California where you lower the age of consent to 12, and, and, and then they don't have to tell their parents. So there's not even that, like, that they can consent, but then they don't have to, parents don't have to be notified that this child has received this injection. What if there's side effects and you have no idea why? Because you don't know your kid got this at school. Um, so this whole, this whole kind of war that's raging right now between the government and, and schools and parents is, is really alarming to me. Um, and it's happening on multiple fronts, but I'm, I'm with you and, and look, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'd feel differently. Um, but as a parent, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I know what's best for my kid. I'm sorry. The teacher's never going to love them like a mom. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know you have your best interest and so forth, but, um, a parent, and I understand there are parents that are not always in the best position to help their children, and, and I feel for that. But nine times out of ten, um, the parents need to be involved, and the parents need to stand up and, and fight for their rights as parents. Well, do you think? All right, this may be nuts, all right, but I think parents try so hard to be cool, like. Hey, I'm the cool mom or dad. I'm going to take you to the drag show, or I'm going to take you to this. And, like, you know me well enough to know I got no shot at being cool. <laughs> like, there ain't no shot. There, you know, there, like, I could go to a, whatever the cool thing is, and I'd be the dorky guy. But I think parents are trying so hard to be cool. Like, look what I yeah. did with my and, – and hip and progressive and all the other things – that I, I think, again, we've just lost, hey, man, I'm the freaking parent here. I got to protect something. Right, right. I mean, I think that's happened a lot. Um, and I think there's this sense, too, of, like, you don't want to be out of touch and you, you don't want to be the one that, like, doesn't understand. Like, like, think about how we look back on some of the things, you know, maybe our grandparents did and how you know, culturally or socially out of line they were with how we think today. And we don't we don't want to be those people, right? Like we want to be like, okay, no, we're doing what's right. We're supporting our kids and you want your kid to be happy. I mean, I think that's what drives a lot of it too, right? Like, yeah, you want to be cool, but you want your kid to be happy. And I think if you see your kids struggling and you don't know how to help them, um, yeah, then that, that plays into it. But I don't know, at some point you've got to just kind of reassess and say like, these are the values that we care about. This is what is important to me as a parent. And kind of too bad. And like when you're 18, what happened like when you're 18 and not at this house, then you can make those decisions. I don't know. What's, what's going on with the show? Where are we at? What are we doing? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we, um, we've got a series of our interviews shot and we're actually going to launch like in a couple weeks, I think. 
So I'm excited. Like anytime. Um, I think you'll, we'll probably have the first one drop middle to end of July. Um, so we're getting closer. We're getting closer, which is good. And it'll, it'll be nice to, to have that out there finally. <laughs> how many, <laughs> Better how late many than ever, I guess. do you have already done? Four. We've done four. We'll probably do two to three more. And it's, you know, it's a lot of people who have, um, I think been misrepresented or, um, not given a fair shake at like telling their story. So that's kind of what I wanted to focus on was people who, um, who've been cast in a certain light, uh, and, and represented a certain way, kind of having a long form opportunity to, to explain their thinking and why they did what they did and why they take the stand that they stand. And some of them have done it at like a great personal sacrifice. So, um, it's, it's people that I definitely connect with and I feel honored to kind of be a small part of sharing uh, what their mission has become. Baby time. It's baby time. Let's go. So man, let's, let's go. go. It's time. I know she's ready. Like it's gotta, Oh my gosh. I'm like, you don't, you don't have any more room in there. I told my husband, I'm like, I feel like I have a kangaroo inside that is just constantly kicking and pushing. I mean, like, look at this thing like this. She gotta get out. She gotta get out. She big. She's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on. It's really fun out here. This world is going to shit and everything's crazy. But trust me, come on out. Mama will take care of you. <laughs> Barbecue chicken pizza. Barbecue chicken jalapenos? pizza solves all baby ills. <laughs> Thanks, Allison. Let me know, will you please? I will, of course. Thanks, Double D. Love that woman. Love Allison Williams. Hey, on the outkick uh, on our chat room, I'm scared. Allison and I are scared. Hey, look, I will be scared. You call me whatever you want, baby. You call me anything. Let's go to the outkick chat and look at these guys. You frame the conversation. Let's see. Ryan says, you're framing the whole argument off some random parents who you say took their kids to a drag show and somehow that impacts your parenting. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I just think if you take your kid to a drag show, you're an idiot. So, Ryan, you do whatever you want. You, you couch it however you want. You also said drag queens are in school when Fox News wrote the article saying the politician who mentioned that as a joke made a joke. No, you got to do is pay attention, man. Ryan, I'm sorry, man, but if, you, if you're rooting, if, you're, if you are into five, seven, nine-year-olds being abused, Ryan, God bless you, buddy. You do you, baby. You do you. That's right. That, look at Ryan. That only happens, Ryan, when you only read the headline. It is amazing here, the level of stupid. Who else is stupid here? Let's see. Oh, ex-Indy Cop. They can't say when this is happening, but they can tell you it's happening. Dude, pay attention. Don't you read? Don't Go to Libs of TikTok. Look at all the – go to Jasper, Indiana, where they were going to have a drag show, and they said, yeah, no. People said, no, we ain't doing it. I love it. Yeah, two parents took their kid. The level of stupid on here is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Dave DD is fear-mongering again. No, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to be a guy that sticks up for kids. For 25 years, 24 years, I ran a basketball camp for kids. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm one of the all-time best with kids. You all... Uh, you all, Morgan, and the rest of you, you want to abuse children, you want to harm children, you go ahead 
and harm children. Me, Dockage, I ain't doing it, baby. I ain't doing it. Ex-Indy cop. Dan and Allison go to bed scared every night. I'm go, I ain't scared of nothing, ex-Indy cop. And I'm glad you're an ex-Indy cop. Because if you're not smart enough to protect children, if you're not tough enough to protect children, if you don't have the balls to protect children, I got nothing for you. So I'm glad, ex-Indy cop, that you're an ex-Indy cop. Ellen uh, uh, Cashman, I don't want these freaks teaching my kids. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Ex-Indy cop, my neighbor got an abortion because of a health risk to her. Glad she was still able to have it. That's 4% of abortions. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, the level of stupid. I can't believe two things have, have absolutely shocked me. The level of people that want to injure kids is amazing to me, like ex-Indy cop. Ryan, you're allowed to be anti-abortion for yourself and pro what your own body. No, you don't even, you have no idea my background relative to abortion or anything else. I ain't anti-nothing. I'm for saying, hey, look, you want to give it to the states? Good. Uh, Dan, he can't, still can't tell me where drag queens and the schools is happening. Go to limbs of TikTok on Twitter. They call out the school district, Nathan. If you're not smart enough to do that, then fine. But if you're too dumb, don't put your stupidity on me. Like, I'll read your guy's stupid stuff because it is absolutely idiotic and uninformed. This is my job. It's always been my job. I read everything. The libs of TikTok are putting this out there. They're calling out the school districts. In many cases, school districts have had to back up and say, wait a second, this was not sanctioned by the school. So I don't care. Uh, I don't want to have these crazy folks teaching my kids, same as I don't want DD teaching my kid. Well, Tanner, I got to tell you, I taught two classes at Indiana, got the highest marks in the entire hyper. You're an idiot if you don't want that. Uh, dude is real mad man now. Yeah, no, I'm not mad. I'm just talking. I mean, I'm sorry, Nathan. Now, don't deflect. You're an idiot. You don't pay attention to nothing. I'm not mad. This is a normal day for me. This is how I roll. But if you're too stupid, then hang up, go away somewhere else. But don't put your too stupid stuff out here. What is wrong with you? Man, since he born, thank you for bringing us people like her. Yes. Uh, and DD wonders why people aren't donating to his charity. Are you out of your mind? We're getting ready to give 500 bikes away. Keep trying, Nathan. Let's go. Do better, baby. You guys are idiots. Have a little bit of surface knowledge, just surface knowledge. So I go to you once a day, all right? I go to you once a day. And the morons come out. Yes, Nathan Harris. Yes, uh, we are going. We just got a $2,500 donation from Doug Collins. We just got a $1,500 donation from Pristine. I mean, what is wrong with you, Nathan? Come on, try another one. This is why Dockage is bald. DD unhinged. Sure, I'm unhinged. Right, Ryan? I'm the one unhinged? Ryan, you're the one trying to harm kids, you perv. What are you doing? I'm unhinged? No, no, no. I am responding. I was taught to fight back against idiots. Ryan, you're an idiot. I can't help you, babe. 
But if you guys don't want to protect children, if you are uninformed about what is actually happening, then get informed and be smart enough to make your own opinions. Look, I've said this before. If Donald Trump went to Pervert Island with Jeffrey Epstein, put his ass in jail. I don't give a damn. I don't care Republican. I don't care Democrat. I'm not either of them. None of it. I'm common sense. And if you guys on a little, uh, I don't know, on a little Twitter thing or a little chat, if you guys aren't smart enough, he's triggered. Good, I'm triggered. And then you know what? When we come back, I'll do sack up. I mean, I listen to the stupid stuff every day from idiots. Ed Rogers, Nathan Harris, this Ryan guy. I mean, idiots all day that when you come back at them, they don't have anything to say because they haven't read. Triggered, unhinged, whatever. I'm whatever you want me to be, baby. Anything you want me to be. Can kids just learn math and science in school? Bingo. B-I-N-G-O. And that's what every teacher that I know. I just want to teach kids, man. I just want to teach them how to interact with others on a playground. You know what I'm saying? That's all. And in terms of Hillary and Bill and Trump, and if you got the names, Maxwell, and the prosecutors, release them and throw all their ass that went to Pedophile Island in jail. Well, your boy Trump was at Pedophile Island. Throw his ass in jail. Bingo. What other stupid stuff? What do you got, Ryan? Let, let's see here. Let's let's go. Where's Ed? Triggered. You're triggered. I can't answer what you're saying, Dan. I can't explain why, Ed, you like drag queens in schools or you like naked riding in the middle of downtown in front of kids. I can't do that, but I'll make fun. Dan, triggered. But y'all not ready for that convo. Yeah, okay, because you're a brilliant dude, Nathan. Yeah, y'all not ready. Mm, yeah. But y'all not ready. How about, hey, you guys are not ready. But y'all, okay, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, because you're really, that's, what, that's the answer to everything. Y'all don't want that conversation. I'll take it. What conversation you want, Nathan? You want to talk about, Nathan, why you're for putting little, uh, being naked, riding down on a bicycle in the middle. You like that, Nathan, do you? You like kids being exposed to that, Nathan? You like drag queens coming right to your high school? Y'all ain't ready for that. That's the only, That's like that guy, Emmanuel Ocho. Uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Yeah, really? Have a real conversation. I do. Reggie, <laughs> Reggie Jones, others. I have real conversations with African-American dudes, and it's freaking awesome. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready. For that conversation, here's uh, Ed Rogers. This is what they do. Catholic dude talking about groomers. Okay, whatever, man. I'm Protestant dude talking about groomers. I'm actually on a religious walkabout talking about groomers. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready for... Nobody's ever ready for that conversation, Nathan, because it's so deep from a guy like you. My ass, get off my freaking chat. We'll be right back, dumbasses. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned.
Hey, welcome back. Man, the YouTube chat, it's me. I don't know how y'all even, like Nathan, how you guys live with yourself? Ryan, you, Ed, how you, I mean, I get it. You're, you're so tired. We're not ready to have that conversation. Okay, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Sack the Hell Up. That's right, Sack Up. NBA teams, just stop with the monster deals. It's killing you. It's killing you. Your ratings stink. You're paying guys like John Wall $40 million. We got a guy in town here at, what, uh, $20 million, Brogdon. You paid Gordon Hayward. Got to throw a white guy in there. Got, we paid Gordon Hayward like $50 million or whatever it is to do nothing. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, are we going to continue? I'm all for players making theirs. I don't care about that. Hey, you want to pay John Wall 50 million? Pay him. You want to pay $47 million to uh, Russell Westbrook? Pay him. I'm good with that. Are you crazy? I'm great with it. But it's going to kill your league. You better sack up at some point. And the NFL better too, and Major League Baseball, NHL, and colleges. At some point, you're going to lose all of us. At some point, you're going to have to take your teams back put some discipline in it, have people be like normal people. Like when you get too far out here, we like that to a degree, but we can't relate to it in this economy. Be very careful. Be very, 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 very careful, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm telling you, people are, that are your advertisers, people are going to be, wait a second here, man, you're paying what now? Think about $47 million. I've said this before, and I could be wrong now. I haven't looked it up in a while. But last time I looked up, the CEO of Lilly, he was making 12. So this guy, uh, Russell West Brick, isn't that what he called? He is going to make four times the CEO of a major drug manufacturer that employs hundreds, oh, excuse me, thousands of people. So this guy is going to make 37 million, hasn't played in two years. In fact, I don't even think his team wanted him to play. I think his team said, hey, we don't even need you. And he didn't want to play. That's the beauty of the NBA. In Indianapolis uh, a few years ago, Jamal Tinsley shot up downtown, got in a gunfight, if you can believe this. The Pacers guy, I think he was an assistant equipment manager who was paid to basically keep this clown Jamal Tinsley out of trouble. He legitimately, he legitimately um, said he got shot. He got shot. That's right. Uh, because his idiot Jamal Tinsley. So what happened with his idiot Jamal Tinsley? Patients had to pay him. Paid him $14 million to sit. Awesome. Dan is the one emotional. Okay. I don't know. I'm just telling you, bro. I'm not ready for that conversation. Nobody's ready with you geniuses. <laughs> oh, man. Will the NFL sack up on Watson? Y'all ain't ready for this conversation. <laughs> oh, man, there's nothing funnier than those, those that, when guys say that. And as soon as you start a conversation, you're racist. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Watson and the NFL. It looks to me like the NFL is going 
to come down on Watson. I get asked this a lot. Like one of the ways I do this sack up is I just happen to see a bunch of emails from a bunch of different people. And a bunch of different people ask that question. Will they sack up? Do you think they will go through after the appeal process? Now, remember, the decision by Ms. Robinson is ongoing right now. There is another today. There's another uh, hearing, and it probably will go through tomorrow, at least what Ian Rappaport said. And then it's about a couple weeks before we'll learn. Now, my guess is whatever the decision is, is going to be appealed. The only way it wouldn't be appealed is if there is such an agreement between the NFLPA, the NFL, which there is, to have the in- independent arbitrator, Ms. Robinson, arbitrate the case. Is there a no appeal rule? Meaning if you're the NFL, you've got to accept what this woman says, and if you're Watson, you've got to accept what this woman says. So I don't know the answer to that, but I would assume if there's not, there will be an appeal. So we're not going to know really the outcome of this, I don't think, for a minimum two weeks, maybe right before training camp, if the appeal process goes that long. All right? So at the end of the day, uh, I don't have the answer to that, but I do know this. Every single report that I have seen has said the NFL will sack up, has said the NFL is looking for a year with an indefinite suspension on top of that, meaning if any more of these things come up. See, the reason the NFL wants a minimum of a year is they want to punish it, punish for actions already done. The reason they want, on top of it, an indefinite suspension is because, well, maybe more things are coming on. Maybe things are happening. I don't know. So at the end of the day, we shall see what we shall see. Uh, Next one, sack up. Look, Joe and Joe Biden. Did I miss one? Oh, yeah, PGA Tour. Stop whining about the Live Tour, will you please? Just stop whining about it. You know, I think it was Trump yesterday, and a lot of different people have said this. Nicholas said this. A bunch of other people said this. Why did it? Why did you, the PGA Tour, all of a sudden increase all of your purses once you had competition from the lifter? Why did the PGA Tour not add all of this money before? All right? I'm just asking. You know what I mean? I'm just asking. So at the end of the day, uh, I don't know. Why didn't it? Why did it take that long? Why didn't the PGA Tour see this coming? See, that's bad leadership. It's easy to stand in front, and this guy Monahan's a good-looking guy. He's got all the political connections. He's a commissioner of the PGA Tour. Um, and you know what? He should have seen this coming. And he should have raised the purses before this happened. But you know why he did it? He got his arm tied behind his back because privately, what I'm being told, is there are a lot of players considering making a jump. Here's what happens. And we all, we go to this, right? We see it on a YouTube chat. Whichever way the wind blows, that's how guys are. So now it's, well, your charity isn't getting enough money. They're trying so hard. People that are haters, people that don't do stuff. They try so hard to see which way the wind blows to insult newspapers. They now see, they don't report the news. TV, they don't report the news. They see which way the wind blows. Corporations, they see which way the wind blows. You think Disney really wants to go pay for... 
It's out of state. You really think Disney wants to do that? You think that the heads of Disney really want to do that? You think ESPN really wants Malia? I know the people that run ESPN. And they're to a man, black and white, they're all like, yeah, this is such bullshit that we got to live with. I know that. Because the thing you get in corporations is you have what is called stock options. Everybody I know that's a higher up at ESPN thinks the current model of ESPN is crap. They do, to a man. You're never going to hear them say it. Why? They don't want to get fired. Stock options. Stock options are worth millions. Now, I understand Disney's going down, but be, be smarter than that. I'm sure the YouTube chat is, is some of these guys won't figure that out. But you don't sell. It'll go back up. Stock market always corrects itself up or down. All right. That's why everybody, look, everybody, I just had a conversation last night with a guy who, like, you know, one of the higher-ups at ESPN. It's, it's all crap. Malika Andrews cutting in, you know, back, uh, I don't know, the don't say gay. They're, 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 okay, everybody gets it. So now... Fine. You're caught. Well, Jay Monahan, the guy who is running Monaghan, whatever the hell his name is, he went like this. Man, Phil Mickelson got crushed. This live tour ain't going to make it. This live tour is going against what everybody in the media and the cancel culture, well, the cancel culture is strong, and everybody in the media is strong against Mickelson and against guys going against Greg Norman. This ain't going to happen, so I don't have to do nothing. Then all of a sudden, as in most things, money talks, BS walks. So what happened? Oh, I don't know. Uh, players said, wait a second. They did this too. They saw which way the wind's blowing. It wasn't that bad for Mickelson. Yeah, he had to take some crap, but he still got $200 million. Wait a second. Sergio's going? And you can think these are old guys. That's what people say. Yeah, they're old guys' retirement tour. But really, uh, when Sergio left and Mickelson left and Kevin Na left, that's three pretty big influencers on the PGA Tour, a tour that pays you more if you are a bigger influencer. Now, all of a sudden, whoa, wait a second here. Brooks Kepka, Kepka gone? Who's Tazen gone? Now, players have seen it's okay. Matt Wolf is the latest. Matt Wolf was an up-and-coming star. So what happens? This guy, Monaghan, it is very difficult. It is very easy to lead when things are going well. It's very difficult to lead when things aren't. So this guy decides, hey, wait a second. I'm going to put more money into it. Well, you know what happened then? Players are doing what I'm doing. Why didn't you do it before? If you were a true leader, you had foresight. You see this coming, and guess what? You do it before. You don't rely on Mickelson's bad PR. You don't rely on the media. You don't rely on cancel culture. No, you get proactive. This guy did not get proactive, and he's got a real problem right now because I don't think you're going to see this stop. I don't think so. I think you're going to see players go, well, wait a second here. You put more money into it only when one arm was tied behind the back. You're not really for us, and they wouldn't be wrong. I don't know what's going to happen, but they need to stop whining about it. All right, look, Joe Biden, we heard the voicemail, right? You lied to us. Just, hey, look, I made a ton of money from China. Now, you can't do that because I'm sure it was illegal. I'm sure he used his position and his idiotic drug-addled son uh, to make the money. But the idea that Joe Biden never had a conversation with Hunter Biden, as Joe Biden said, is obviously ludicrous. If you are a free-thinking person and you have the ability, if you have an ability all right, if you have the ability to understand anything, 
you know that Joe Biden did that. He did not never discuss with his son ever what happened in China. Of course he didn't. Look, common sense says you didn't. You're on a plane. You're going to China. He's doing this. You're doing that. You're telling me you get back on the plane. You didn't talk to your son. Common sense dictates that. Now there's a voicemail out that really is remarkable in how it's not being covered. I say remarkable, not surprising, but remarkable because it's remarkable the world that we're living in, where the biggest story that there is doesn't even get covered. Not even a little bit because the media, the left-leaning media, is so in pocket. It truly is amazing. It's one of the most amazing things that I have seen in my lifetime, how our media has been exposed as being so fraudulent and one-sided and biased, and they double down on it every day. It's amazing. It's fascinating. There is no way anybody, anybody is going to that's my age or around my age that could wake up and say, no, you know what? We knew this kind of thing was coming. There's no way. No way. President's media not covering events like this. All I remember five years ago, six years, whatever it is, pre-Trump, man, they covered everything. Then in Trump, they covered every little thing. And now they don't cover nothing. That's why I thank God for shows like mine where we cover everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just in May, look, man, I took some money. Look, we all know, we all know being a president gets you billions of dollars. Billions. I mean, look at the house Obama's living in. Yeah, he's just a kid from the South Side. Mm-hmm. Pull this, it plays Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells, jing- or what does it really do? Uh, I'm happy for Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is, by all accounts, not a good dude, a great dude. Great dude. Everybody that I know, including Urban Meyer, his coach, and others, uh, says he's a great dude. Now, you got to understand, Terry McLaurin of the, of the what is these, of the Redskins, I, what, I don't need, I can't do it. Commanders, Redskins, whatever. Got himself a big deal. Now, Here's the deal with Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is a leader. Terry McLaurin is one of those guys that everybody gravitates to. He's from Indianapolis. I know people that have known McLaurin since he was that tall, and they're all like, look, this dude is unbelievable. So he gets a three-year extension worth up to $70 million. Now, we talk about people betting on themselves. Terry McLaurin bet on himself. Here are some numbers. Warren Sharp is a great follow. I'm going to try to get him on. Let's try to get Warren Sharp on at Sharp Football. He ran 1,629 routes, was targeted only 357 times, and only 62 of them were catchable. That takes a certain kind of patience. And, ladies and gentlemen, you know who his quarterback is? That's right. Carson Wentz ranked dead last in accuracy over the last two years combined. Minimum 60 attempts, 600 attempts. So there you go. But we'll see. I don't know. But I do know this. Terry McLaurin is not a good dude. Terry McLaurin is a great dude. Wonderful teammate. Awesome in the city. Awesome in this city. Awesome in D.C., I'm sure. 
Uh, one of the guys that, like, if he came back to Indy and ran for president or uh, mayor, uh, he'd be pretty good. He would be like, yeah, uh-huh. He really good. So I'm happy for McLaurin. I'm very happy for him. I'm happy for players that get contracts. I don't give a damn about Russell Wilson's $47 million. How does that affect me? It doesn't, but I'm just telling the NBA and I'm telling others, be careful. You are not the NFL. I like you. I'll watch you. I'm not watching during the regular season, but I love the playoffs, and I ain't mad at Christmas Day. But you got to be very careful because, man, oh, man, people are like, hey, hang on, Sloopy. A lot of money at a time when none of us have any money. Uh, I did want to get to this because usually we conclude the show on gambling. I need some help here. It's driving me crazy. Uh, my guy, Jimmy Cook, uh, who is a producer on my afternoon show, we cannot believe that we are not betting all day on Wimbledon. But I have this new policy with betting. I don't want to throw money away. Forever, I've just thrown money away. I don't want to do it anymore. So I want to invest, not bet. And my West Coast guys have gone silent. My nephew Pete knows all about tennis. He played up to the level of being a pro against a lot of these guys. He knows who'll choke. He knows who won't choke. But I haven't heard from Pete. What's a boy to do? PDD has gone radio silent. And I don't know what to do. Because, see, the best bets are sometimes ones you don't make. I'm watching Serena Williams. She's down a set. I thought to myself, now's the time to bet Serena Williams. I didn't do it. She ended up losing. I was not very happy about it. But sometimes the bet that you don't make win your money. I have right now, because I took out some $168 in my betting account. I would have bet 100 on it. Probably 110 to I don't even know what her odds were down a set. I probably could have got, you know, plus money on it for the first time ever. I would have lost. And I didn't have enough information. Usually when I watch, so I'm trying, ladies and gentlemen, I am trying like a crazy person not to just throw money away, but I feel as if with a 12-10 start today, the Tampa Bay Rays against the Milwaukee Brewers, I feel as if I have to bet on the Tampa Bay Rays. Having said that, though, I've looked up nothing today for this. It's a cautionary tale, and I'm winning you money if you're listening to me right now. Do some research. Don't take a bet by me or anybody else where there's no research. I'm up about four grand since the NCAA tournament. I won 4,100. I lost a little bit on baseball. I won more. I'm up about four grand, maybe five, because I changed my ways. $100, you lose enough $100 bets, guess what? You lose a lot of money. You lose a lot of $20 bets. You lose a lot of money. I mean, not if you're Bill Gates, but we ain't Bill Gates. But having said all that, I can't resist. I got to put, what is it, minus 130. So I got to put 65 bucks down to win 50 on Tampa Bay. I don't know these pitchers. 
I couldn't pick either of these pitchers' names out if you said to me, who's the accountant, who's the pitcher? I wouldn't know. Who's the radio host, who's the pitcher? I wouldn't know. But it's on at 12.10, which means it's going to be getting over around 3 o'clock when my show is over. I got a half-hour drive home. I can listen. By the time I get home, that bad boy is going to be damn near close, so I got to do it. Don't be Dan. Great show today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. YouTube chat, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Love you, but we ain't ready for these conversations. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> 60 years old, growing up, how I did. I'm ready for any of you little guys' conversations. I don't care who the hell you are. Sometimes when I talk out of my mouth, that's when I make the best sense. But anyway, I'll be on from 12, or yeah, 12 to 3. Uh, I will be on from 12 to 3, and I will tell you this. Uh, it'll be raucous. I'm going to try to figure out why the Pacers aren't trying to trade somebody. They were horrible last year. Anyway, uh, 12 to 3, I will be on. And then, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow we'll be right back at it here. Wonderful day today. Thanks to Allison Williams. Thanks to Davey. Thanks to Dylan. Thanks to Ryan. Great job, particularly you, Ryan, you, Dylan. Fantastic. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, have a wonderful afternoon. Doc, it's O-U-double-T.